0: We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense, or you get into a fender bender, but you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. To download the Dave app, go to Dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank & Trust. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome to Dram Talk, your new mates on your journey into the world of whiskey. I'm Brad,
2: and I'm Daniel, and today we will be looking at the Cardhu 14 and the Cragganmore 12.
0: Welcome to another edition of Thunder
1: <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. I mean, you couldn't <laughs> tell by the, I guess, the title of the episode. We're back in the Thunder Dram, hey. Eh?
2: Yeah, so we're back we're back looking at the Diageo's special releases. So we did have the first episode of the Thunderdram with the Talisker 15 versus the Lager 12. Yeah. So we're back for round two with Cardu 14 and Kraganmore 12. Um, to be clear of the 2019 special releases, the Rare by Nature ones.
1: Yeah. Just we don't have the 2020 ones yet, so I'm. Unfortunately for us in this corner of the world, they haven't popped up in our stores yet.
2: Yeah, we're f- very antsy. We're waiting their arrival.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, Give me some more of that nature release.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's killing us. It's You're killing us here, Diageo.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I've been really looking forward to another one of these. I mean, after all, when we do our tastings and our episodes, we don't ever really compare the two bottles that are on the episodes and then we never really go off and recommend one over the other.
2: Ye- Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, like to some extent we do compare them with the ratings, but it is isn't a direct contrast. Like which one do we think is better than the other?
1: It's not like in an episode, it's like, all right, I gave this one an 8.4. Then the one that was paired side by side on the episode is 7.6. I've not gone to that. So now you go out and you buy this (laughs) 8.4 rated whiskey over this 7.6 one. Just chuck this one in the trash. It's not even worth your time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like the point of these ones is for some people, like these cast strength special releases aren't always within like your normal price range for what you'd be spending on whiskey. So if you're after something a little bit more special or a little bit more complex and you want a choice between a couple of them, um, that's what our episodes here are for. It's we'll put some of the more expensive ones against each other and we'll tell you which one of these we would recommend.
1: Yeah, and especially when it comes to special releases, they're often gonna be, as Daniel said, they're gonna be pricey. But mm-hmm. not only really that, they're gonna be eye catching as well. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna get you and you're gonna look at it and you're just like, Uh, do I really wanna get both of these or, or three of these? I'm not really sure if I, you know, can do that at this point in time. Well, that's what these episodes are for. Just hopefully nudge you in a direction that if your palettes align with ours, then hopefully you pick you go home with the right one
2: yeah and like anecdotally like we've seen this Kraken and more 12 on the shelves quite often and their owl is featured very prominently on it with like this wide-eyed innocent look yeah. and it's just staring at you as you're walking through the shop and you know you feel guilty leaving it behind i know we did the first couple of times we saw it before finally i caved and bought it
1: yeah yeah it took a while for one of us to cave for that one but i know for me i haven't tried the 14 yet on the of the special release but uh, like just going into this episode, I feel like my opinions are already formed because I have tried the Kragamore 12.
2: Yeah. So I mean like I- we <laughs> won't we won't we won't spoil it too much. We'll we'll wait until we get into it and we'll give you a bit of background on each of these bottles themselves, as well as the special releases in general.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm putting my professional reviewing cap on. Unbiased, <laughs> as unbiased as I can be. That's that's what we're here for, folks. And yeah. Daniel and I, we love the special releases, you know. It allows those master distillers, those master blenders. It lets them experiment, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because that's what they are. Like, um, as we briefly covered in our Talisker versus... Lager Woolen Battle. Um, these bottles were members of the 2019 Rare by Nature special release. So each year Diageo chooses individual casks that they believe have like something special about them. They offer something a little bit different um, for that particular distillery. Um, and only certain whiskies are chosen, which is why prior to 2019, you would see their like annual special releases contain whiskies from some of the other distilleries. Um, like if I am not wrong, Brad's Open 21, that was a sp- special release wasn't it
1: yeah yeah i think that was 2018
2: right sure. yeah yep. um and so however now they've brought out their rare by nature special release which as we've seen for the 2021 they contain the same bottles that the 2019 did so they're yep. fitting in with that same theme um so that they're made up of eight different like eight bottles from eight different distilleries um and i mean like their intention behind their normal special releases wasn't to pick a particular distillery. It's like the name doesn't matter. What matters is the taste of the whiskey. But then again, the name also helps. Like, yeah, so I, I saw Lagavulin. Like, it was basically the name of Lagervul and was what got me into buying the 12 from the 2019 release initially. Because I was like, yeah, I need to get myself a cask-strength Lagavulin.
1: Yeah. And even for me, it was the same thing. Like, I saw a cask-strength Talisker and like, mm-hmm. how often do you see that? So then I purchased that.
2: Yeah. And so the choices of these are usually based off the casks that are slightly different. Uh, not better, but slightly different to their original releases, um, which gives value to added to that particular brand. Now, if you want to see a little bit more of a um, marketing in depth breakdown of this, a lot of the information we're going to be going through throughout this episode was from Diageo's brand ambassador. Um, so we did a couple of tasting videos that are on the whisk that whiskey's page on Master of Malt. So um, just a recommendation to probably go check them out if you want a little bit more information but let's get into the Cardu 14.
1: Yeah just get straight into it so the I guess the Cardu 14 when if you don't know Cardu they're from the Speyside region and they're often stated when you, if you go on like the whiskey trail a lot of the tool guides will usually tell you that um, this whiskey he has a familiar taste and that's just due to the fact that it plays such an important part in a lot of the blends Or Johnny Walker. Mm. So yeah, like a lot, if you're familiar with Cardu, or if you haven't tried Cardu, you get a glass and you're you're thinking and just in the back of your head, you're like, I've had this before. Mm -hmm. Where have I had it? Where, where, where's it coming from? That's probably where it is. You're probably just drawing a little, I guess, connection to Johnny Walker in the back of your head there. Now, when it comes to their commercial bottlings, they have a 12 year old, a 15 year old and an 18 year old. Now, if you're not familiar with, the, I guess, the traditional shape of the Cardio bottle, it's like a nice, short, stubby bottle.
2: Yeah, it's very square with kind of like little, what are it's they like called? It's like Concave in. indents, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: so if you're looking at the twenty, if the special release bottle, they're all uniform. They're all the
2: same. Yeah, right. so each of the distilleries have gone that kind of, I would say it's similar to what Lagavulin and Talisker are normally bottled in.
1: Yeah, I think the only one that kept their bottle shape, I think, might be the Mortlac.
2: Mm. I uh, a, yeah. I have
1: a feeling just how wide that box is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is... Oh no, and that's not true. Singleton as well. Singleton, oh, Singleton still kept yeah. that very oval too, shape. Yeah. So they did too. You know, yeah. We yeah. just made a liar out of ourselves. <laughs> just
1: just lied and then automatically corrected ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just witnessed live autocorrect.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh,
1: <What> <laughs> and namely with our uh, cardu here, especially the twelve, you'd expect some creaminess and softness to be present. So. Mm-hmm. With the 14, they've just taken that 12 year old Cardu spirit and they've matured it for an extra two years in ex Amontillado hogsheads. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't know, Amontillado is a type of sherry. Yep.
2: Yeah. It gives like a, it's very like thick and viscous. So it gives like a lot of nutty richness to Cardu. And I think that's where it comes down to this one. Like, if you're like us and you're on a sherried kick and you're like, I wonder what a sherried Cardu would taste like perfect opportunity or if you're a cardu fan and you're like what would a sherried version a sherried expression of cardu taste like again this one's also for you um and even if you haven't tried cardu before like getting into a distillery through their like cask strength bottles can be something else especially if you're kind of i guess accustomed to cask strength bottlings like at the higher abv they do come at because the car do 14 here this comes in at 55 percent. yeah so it's not a lightweight
1: (laughs) no not at all now i know, like daniel mentioned that getting into a distillery you don't know in at the car strength it can often probably lead to disappointment i don't know (laughs) because you're gonna get so much more depth and so much more flavor right yeah but i mean uh let's just get onto the nose right because i just I didn't really have much more to say about this apart from, I guess, a little more that I can add on to that uh, sherry cask is um, being two years matured in a sh- in that uh, ex-amontillado cask, it's mm. probably a bit longer than you typically see when it comes to, I guess, a finish or a, an extra stage of maturation when it comes to a sherry cask or anything. So it's a bit longer yeah, than you'd normally expect. So hopefully... These two flavors really marry well together. I'm hoping to see sweetness, but then at the <laughs> same time, I'm hoping to see some of that nice kick from the sherry.
2: Yeah, well, let's get into it. So what are we getting on the nose?
1: Uh, so the nose is incredibly soft.
2: Yeah, like surprisingly for a cask strength bottling as well.
1: Yeah, incredibly I want to say soft I, again, but it's just yeah. so inviting mm-hmm. and it's not, yeah, one you're that- not getting
2: that like jumping out of the glass, overly sweet, raisiny kind of note as well. It's there, but it's like underlying.
1: Yeah. It's very, to me, it's very fruity. Like I almost get a little bit of honey. Not too much though. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's like like the it's on the precipice of having like a very floral note as well, which okay, like I did we didn't mention at the start, but like as we have mentioned in our previous um special release Thunderdram episode, um, these bottles they are decorated with um the flora and fauna that are commonly associated with the distillery. So cardew here on its on its bottle, it's got pears, it's got a couple of wildflowers, I would guess, and some bees now. They've got a lot of rolling hills around them that do contain a lot of bees and flowers and orchards as well.
1: Yeah, so a lot of the Rare by Nature series, all the bottles will have different motifs that surround the distillery. And now back to the nose.
2: Yeah, I would say there's not too much complexity going on with the nose here, but it is insane that it is a really pleasant nose though.
1: Yeah, I just came in there with that back to the nose and then I just took a whiff and I was like, I'm not really getting much more. It's, it's basically
2: <laughs> yeah. it. Well, let's move on to the palette then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely vanilla.
2: Yeah. And what I found with the palette, like, almost initially, it's very full. It's very also warm. Like, the really dominant thing I'm getting from here is baked pear. Yep. Like, to the point where if I've... I, I don't even know if I've actually ever identified baked pear before because this is so obviously baked pear that it's kind of paled all other notes I've identified as that in the past.
1: Yeah, I can definitely get the pear note. Mm -hmm. And it's even more just orchard fruit as well. Yeah. Predominantly leaning towards the pear. But it's Uh, like,
2: I guess like more anecdotally just between us, Brad. Uh, Do you remember the whiskey night we went to not too long ago and we had that baked pear as the dessert? Like that is that is what I'm getting.
1: It's very similar to that. And even... For me, the mouth feels, I guess, medium,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and even the finish, medium length as well. Um, a little bit of complexity, not a whole bunch there to unpack though. The do I get a bit of nuttiness? Yes. Do I get a little bit of spice? And when I say little, I mean little. It's not a lot of spice.
2: Yeah. We yeah. There is there is like. You can tell there is a sherry influence, but that's just it. It's the sherry influence. It's not, I wouldn't characterize this as a really dominant sherry whiskey. Like if someone's wanting to know what is a great sherry bomb, this isn't what would normally come to my mind, but for the additional depth and complexity that this is added to Cardu's normal range, I have a bottle of the 12 with me here. It is definitely a step up. It's like the Cardo Amplified. But in saying that, it's like for, for us who are a little bit more on the, Heated coastally drams. They do normally accompany a lot of these common notes with additional extras that we're just not getting here.
1: Right, yeah. It's just really weird. Like, I don't typically come across a whiskey where it's there's not too much to unpack.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I mean? I'm almost, I guess, struggling to increase the length of this discussion.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, even again on the second sip there, I just got more pear like that's yep. that's just a really dominant thing I'm getting here like there are other things there is you know there is like a, a, a certain little spice there that's kind of on, on the edge of my tongue but I can't quite identify what it is but I want to say it's more of like a cardamom or a, a fennel like yeah
1: yeah for me that spice is predominantly vanilla mm-hmm. it's like I, there is something else there but just everything else is so much more heightened and so much more strengthened that yeah, that extra little bit of spice is just, it's almost an afterthought and not one that I want to keep revisiting.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we'll add a bit of water to this one now. We'll just move yep. on to that. I mean, again, at 55%, you're not going to do much harm.
1: So, yeah, as Daniel mentioned, being at 55%, I've dropped in two teaspoons of water.
2: I mean, like, I feel like the nose has changed quite substantially after adding the water. It's, it does feel a lot more floral. I'm getting. It's not. It's not explicitly lavender, but I'm getting almost like a lavender esque kind of vibe. But like yeah. to the point where you've got like a what would you call it like floral essence, <laughs> like whatever those like oils you can have burning.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it's for me, I was, of... yeah, I was just about to say very, very botanical now. Yeah. It makes the I guess the imagery of the bee very, very appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like now I can see where the, I guess the strong emphasis on flora, on mm. the bottling comes from now. Very very floral. The nose, yeah. I'd say, a lot more pleasant now with the additional water.
2: I would I would also agree
1: because it still carries that softness. It's just that it's got a nice bed of flavour now.
2: Yeah. yeah, and underneath it, you still do have that kind of fruity, yeah, honey, almost the vanilla is carrying across into the nose as well. Yeah, so it's
1: all those notes we were picking up before, but they just have a base now. Yeah. A real floral base, you could say.
2: Let's see what it's done to the palate.
1: The heat from the alcohol is has definitely dissipated, gone yep. non existent. Um
2: I think it fills up the mouth a bit more. Previously yeah. I was getting like the weight on my tongue and the warmth coming across on my tongue. Taking a sip of it, like I don't it's very common to the, for those cask strength whiskies where it does feel like it just It's striking every part of your mouth.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot more creamy as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely is.
1: So um, I can almost see, I guess, almost the notes from the 12 slowly unraveling into the 14 now.
2: Yeah. And that really strong baked pear note I was picking up earlier, that's not as strong at the moment. But in saying that, it has given, like, a step aside and given way to a few other flavors. Again, it's not overly complex. But it's still pleasant.
1: Yeah, for me, the pan note definitely leading more towards the fruit as opposed to one that's been baked or prepared.
2: Yeah. And again, there is still like a lingering, subtle note of spice there that I think comes through a little bit more on the finish, especially as I'm talking and getting like the air flowing through my mouth.
1: Yeah, there's something else there. I just not too sure.
2: It's hard to pin it down.
1: Yeah. But what this whiskey definitely has is a very strong note of vanilla, I'm finding. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit of cherry.
2: Okay. Yeah, now that you mention it, I can see that.
1: Like I feel that's what almost that's almost what that aftertaste is in my mouth. Yeah. Like a bit of a cherry. Uh, just cherry um peaches maybe. Something somewhere along the stone fruits. Mm. It's just, um, uh, I'm not too sure what it is. The creaminess as well. It's maybe creamy wasn't the appropriate word. Maybe more, like you said, it was more mouth filling. But the mm-hmm. dram itself is actually a little dry, I'm finding
2: now. Yeah, the moment like the liquid leaves your mouth, it does dry out really fast. But there is like, that creaminess initially. I mean, like, quick notes on that. I've just finished my dram. Um, I mean, like, this was one of the cheaper ones. I think it was, if not the cheapest one from the special releases. And it wasn't a huge jump up from what you'd normally find the Cardu 12 or 15 sits at. So Uh, for a cask strength expression that is only... I mean, we'd have to double check this, and I guess it's regionally dependent as well. Um, but i would say about 40 50 dollars more expensive than the 12 or 15 but i'm pretty sure it's sat at about about 150 so i mean like if you're looking at the cardu 15 which sits at 40 percent and it's about a hundred dollars paying 50 bucks for a 50 bucks more for a cask strength expression that's roughly the same age but offers probably a little bit more complexity it's not a bad deal
1: yeah no not at all it's almost one it's almost a deal that i'd say probably just Jump onto that <laughs> instead.
2: <laughs> if if Cardu's your your distillery, if that's your where you're sitting.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm just about to finish my dram. So do you want to get into dramming words?
2: Yeah, so I think, I mean, like I made it pretty clear that to me, I'm eating a baked pear as dessert. So it's really like the really dominant note in what was sitting so vividly in my mind, but it's just that kind of sweet, warm, fruity, baked indulgence.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm not too sure mine will be as good. Huh. I'd say a stroll through an orchard. And you're kind of just going through. You're picking the pears off the trees. And a couple have just dropped onto the floor. And just straight under the trees, there's just a whole bunch of flowers and whatnot. So it's almost just a pear that you just picked up. And as you picked it up, you just ripped out a bunch of flowers as well. (laughs) It's, It's almost what it is. So just say... Earthy,
2: florally pear. Nice. All right, so let's get into the Cragamore Twelve now. Um, let's 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 keep our speculations about how we think the fourteen yeah. sitting until the end. But so, like, now Cragamore again. We've got another space side distillery here. Um, its core range usually includes the twelve year old, which is aged in refill and first fill bourbon barrels, and it gives it like a very mellow and fragrant taste. The other one people may be familiar with is their distiller's edition, which has been aged for 12 years in American casks, and then an extra three to four months in port casks, which changes the texture, makes it a little bit more softer, and gives it like an additional savory note. Now, Cragamore is apparently the most sought-after whiskey by other blending companies to put in their blends. Um, I don't know if it's the most sought-after Diageo, whiskey or sought after scotch whiskey um so a little bit unclear on that but it is quite a popular one whether you're familiar with their core range and tried their single malts um or if you're a blended fan then chances are your one of your blends would probably contain a crag and mole. now the addition we have here so they've got quite an interesting story behind this so in 2006 there was a shortage of water on the west coast of scotland uh, particularly sky now like i know like Already, the story is suspect. Like a shortage of water in Scotland, <laughs> like you, you never hear that happening. Um, but as hard as it is to believe, just like bear with me because I think this story does pay off for what turned out to be a very interesting whiskey. Um, so, with the lack of access to clean fresh water, distilleries like Talisker couldn't do um, the mashing, which meant they wouldn't they couldn't start the whiskey making process. And nobody knew how long this drought was going to last. Um, so it ended up being about three to four months. And this was three to four months where Talisker couldn't be producing whiskey. So instead what they did, Diageo was like, okay, we need to make a whiskey similar to Talisker that we can put out when it comes of age because we need to make up for this lack of production. Um, so what they ended up doing is sending a whole bunch of the barley that was intended for the Talisker whiskey over to Craig and Moore, um, where they could produce a whiskey similar to Talisker, like similar taste, similar peated level, um, to, to like fill in that gap that was going to come in the market when the aging process was finished. So three to four months in Speyside, Crag and Moore made a Talisker-esque expression, which is what we've got here. So in 2019, they bottled that. And normally in Crag and Moore, the peated level is about, point three percent so like next to nothing <laughs> yep. um but this one that we've got this one's up to about eight to ten percent so it's still not where talisker normally is but it's a lot more peated than you'd ever find a Cragganmore, and and this shows like a different complexity that you're also never going to be able to get again because this is just these are bottles that were made as part of a three to four month experimental um process that they haven't repeated so and like tasting this initially man i'm i'm keen to go out and find another bottle actually
1: yeah and i think I've mean, just for us in australia as well i think this one's probably been the i guess what would you say like the least popular of the releases in the sense
2: that it's the one that i've seen on the shelves everywhere
1: yeah constantly. when we're, we're constantly seeing every other bottle just being sold out yeah. I just struggled to understand why this one is still available. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's a it's a mystery to me.
1: Yeah, and the if we're like looking at these two guys, you know, uh and Moore in the red corner and uh Kaju in the blue. I probably should have reversed the colors there. I was going to say you should have reversed. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's done. It's been said. I'm not editing this out. It's, it's starting over again. The at the moment, the Kaju's thrown a couple solid punches, but I'd say they don't have a lot of follow-through.
2: Yeah. Let's yeah. see how Krakenmore responds. Yeah. So on the nose, what have we got? Like initially, what I'm gonna say is it is super fresh and fragrant.
1: Sorry, um, so yeah, for me on the nose, I'd say I, I get a little bit of custard. I get a lot of wood as well. Yeah. And there's a bit of leather as well, like a bit of, I don't know, just... Like, I get that, like, a leathery smell. But at the same time, it's still very crisp. Hmm. It's just, it's a really pleasant nose.
2: Yeah, I'm getting, like, very fresh, outdoor crisp country air like even at the night like it just feels like that Christmas that you get in the night air Um, but then for the actual kind of flavours there is like a little bit of like a um, citrusy lemony twist to it as well yeah
1: yeah it does have that there
2: yeah and that custard is coming through too but I also see what you mean by the kind of those I don't know what you'd call it but that really similar kind of workshop kind of notes like the leather the sandalwood even to some extent like that kind of peatiness that's sitting there. It's more of an earthy peat than it is like a smoky wood peat. Um, So you're you're getting that sense of like being in a workshop.
1: Yeah. And even the peat, it's just very almost off in the distance. Yeah. But it's really giving a nice coating to everything else.
2: Because I was going to say, you don't have to really struggle to find it. It's still present, but just sitting in the background.
1: Yeah. And that's what's so pleasing of this nose and what I initially noted when I first tried it was just that the peat really plays well with everything else and it doesn't overpower anything.
2: Yeah. And like, I was going to say like the thing that got me about this is just how good it smells. Like if I could turn this into like an air freshener or a candle, I would probably buy a candle.
1: Yeah. This is, this would probably be my fragrance of choice. My perfume.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's also like a sweetness, like a sugary, hard-boiled lolly kind of sweetness to it as well. Um, but again, that's kind of sitting in amongst all these other things. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just going to keep reiterating that, like that really fresh, fragrant, outdoor air kind of scent.
1: Yeah, and before we go on to the palette here, um comparatively to the Cardew, the Krakenwool sits at 58.4%. So a little bit higher, we're edging close to that 60, but it's really... Great to see that a lot of that, I guess that burn doesn't come through on the nose.
2: Yeah. And then because it's a battle, let's like match comparisons to it. Like blow for blow, how they doing. I would say Kragomore's coming out on top with this nose. Like I would, I would be nosing this one any day over the 14.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm with you there. And it's almost just like everything on the nose anyway. That yep. the Kaju threw at the Kragenmoor. It kind of just took it in its stride. Mm-hmm. And it's almost very appropriate that there's a bee on the Kaju bottle. <laughs> and there is an owl on the Kragenmoor bottle. Yeah. yeah. So just That owl's going to dump Just food chain here, guys. It's just... Uh, yeah.
2: But like, to be honest, like, I hadn't, hadn't tried a Kragenmoor prior to this one. Yeah, and same here. Like much like the owl on the front of the bottle like I just like wide-eyed shock when I opened it. I was just like damn, this is this is solid stuff. <laughs> but let's get onto the palate. Yeah. Oh man, you go through a journey on that one.
1: Yeah, 100%. It almost for me it starts with a little bit of honey, a little bit of fruit. Yep. A little bit of honey, a little bit of fruit,
2: rolls into that kind of savory flavors like the spices, The leather almost carries over as well.
1: Yeah, I get this spiciness, but at the same time, everything's just almost wrapped up in like this blanket of like a woody, oaky smoke. Yeah. Because for me, I don't know what it is, but the peat in this one isn't so, or the smokiness of it isn't so vegetal. Mm -hmm. It's just really, I don't know, it's just... Great. I mean, like,
2: it, it's it's different, like, I, I'm going to say something that's going to be, it's going to sound pretty similar, but um, it almost carries across that kind of cooked meaty note that um, is similar in Ardbeg. Like, I'm not getting the same kind of meaty note you get in Ardbeg, but it is more of that, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you, you're yeah. right, it's not, it's not vegetal, it's also not wood smoke, but it's that cooked smoke. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really what I was trying to say. It's, yeah, yeah it is that almost Ardbeg-like smoke. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. So this is like right up my wheelhouse. And yeah. What's really great as well is even for me, like on the finish, there's a real great balance of everything there. The spiciness, the sweetness, the I was going to say the sweetness
2: comes back on the finish, yeah. They all really,
1: a- they all really I guess, fill the gaps in each other. And it's not just that, but right at the back, there's this real nice sugary just layer that mm. it just really, I guess, it's finished everything really, really well.
2: Yeah, because like even when you're going through it, I said like you got on a journey, you're kind of rolling from one element to the next and the peat comes across. So it, it isn't super present initially. So if you're not accustomed to peat don't think that's going to overwhelm this one and be the only thing you can taste because it comes up later and it comes across quite vividly. Like, it's definitely there. You definitely can tell that it is present. So it's not like we have to go searching for it. But then it also gives way to that balanced finish that we were just talking about. So it doesn't leave you with just like this smoky feeling in your mouth.
1: Yeah. It's just, like I was saying before, everything is just... So balanced, all right. This is Thanos with the blade on his finger, yeah. (laughs) And it's just balance, (laughs) it's perfect. (laughs) It's almost just you know, I don't really know what else to say about the palette. It's just there's so much more complexity there,
2: yeah. So, if we're looking, and it's definitely a more enjoyable journey, too,
1: yeah. I was about to, as I was about to say, <laughs> if we're looking at this comparatively again, they're just in the ring, in the Thunderdome, in the Dram, thund- in the uh, in the Thunderdram. It's, oh man, the Krakenmoor almost just sat back, was like, show me what you got, because I kind of know I have this one in the bag.
2: Yeah, lay it on me, lay it yeah. on me. I can take it yeah. because you are not prepared for what I'm about to deliver.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it it does look like that. So far, anyway, I mean, I don't know if the addition of water can really throw this off that <laughs> much that I'm going to just be, uh, spit it out, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Really, really let's, good so far.
2: Let's try it. So, I've added a little bit of water to mine. I mean, like, so the nose hasn't changed a great deal, but everything seems a little bit sharper. It is still that super fragrant note, which I think is great to see. I mean, like, I know you're not expecting there to be too much influence, impact, or damage to something that's sitting at 58.4%. But it's kind of like heightened and sharpened a lot of the florally fragrant notes I was picking up earlier.
1: It's interesting that you say it hasn't changed with water. How much did you add?
2: I only added a couple of drops because I don't have that much left. I was, I was enjoying it too much. I think the smoke is coming across a little bit more as well. That's interesting. I don't know. Because is it, you got a different experience?
1: Yeah, so I left it a little bit more in mine and then i i dropped in two teaspoons of water i'm getting like i'm almost getting pineapple
2: oh interesting That's come
1: like just straight off the barbecue i
2: don't know it's all right because this will be an interesting experiment i added um a couple of drops off one teaspoon of water and actually like I'm, I'm kind of wrong there because the nose has been changing as you've been talking it is getting a lot more smoked it's a lot more like meaty smoke as well like cooked meat smoke in a, in a really pleasant, nice way because um, it is still combined with a lot of that fragrance um, and that like really florally fresh outdoor airs. But I might add a little bit more water and see if it changes much more.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because mine's a little different. I'm not getting any of that smoky meat. I'm getting I'm getting the fragrance that you're saying. And again, even this, this is still contender for Brad's Choice perfume. I'm almost getting a bit of toffee as well. Even some, what is it, some like orange jam? Like Is Is that marmalade? I don't
2: know. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's almost like that, you know, almost feel like I'm Paddington Bear.
2: Ah, okay. No, this is really interesting because I just added probably the same amount I added before. So, like double what I added originally. And you're right. Yeah. That kind of like really fruity, citrusy, pineapple-y note that yeah. that's coming like and it's kind of the the smoked meatiness has also given way to that so it is like i'm just actually like even though i've tried this two or three times before my jaw's on the floor now <laughs> yeah
1: it's great to see how the water's played with this one because it's really opened the door to just a whole another world of flavor
2: yeah it really has and i'm just like again i'm i'm just still shocked at the three different like three vividly different expressions I got, like the really fragrant, fresh, lemony kind of note initially to the smoked, cooked meat second. And then finally into this kind of, again, fresh and fruity. Yeah. I would almost say like cooked, like grilled pineapple as well. And then into that like marmalade that you're also mentioning. There's also like an underlying spice, like underlying spices there. But let's go into the palate now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I could almost just sit here and smell the glass all day. What's good to see is that the water hasn't washed away the peat. Yeah. The smoke's still there, but it's just wisps of smoke now.
2: Yeah, because that is one of the things you do worry about with like the slightly peated drams. When you add a touch of water, it does kind of dilute, but it's still there. But as you mentioned, it is kind of sitting in the back, but it's not as if it's been watered down or washed away. It's been amplified like other flavors have been amplified in addition to it. Cause I'm getting like a um, similar kind of baked orchard fruit. Like I would say pear, but again, it's nowhere near as vivid as I was getting in the cardew.
1: Yeah. And even for that, like, I don't know if you should say that, Oh, you, you're worried that the smoke will get washed away. <laughs> I mean, we're worried. That the smoke's <laughs> going to get washed away. I mean, I don't know about our listeners. A lot of you guys may not be on that same Pete kick, Pete on <laughs> that Daniel and I are. So you might be looking at the water, hoping that it does wash away some of that smoke. Yeah. But I'd say Look. with the water, it it makes the smoke a lot more bearable, a lot mm-hmm. more pleasant. And it's more just, like I said, just wisps of smoke. It's not going to overpower anything and it's not going to just throw your palate off.
2: Yeah. And even at the end there, like on the finish, kind of coming in towards the end, I'm getting a little bit more of like a, um again, still that kind of cooked meat is coming at the end, like that savory, but also seasoned cooked meat. So they're like... The marinade, whatever was coating it, contained a whole bunch of fresh herbal seasoning. Yeah,
1: even for me, like some of that spiciness comes through as a bit of nutmeg as well.
2: Oh, yeah. I can see that. Like nutmegs, um, rosemary, fennel, um, cardamom, like just all the things that you'd season meat with to make it really tasty.
1: Yeah.
2: It's great.
1: Even some of the salinity of the dram has come, in, has come out with the addition of that water.
2: Mm. I don't know how you're going with it, but I couldn't stop. I, I finished mine.
1: <laughs> I took it just a little bit left. All right. So, dram in words, you can go first since I have a little bit left.
2: All right. So, my dram in words for this one um, I have like embodied the owl on the front of Craig and Moore. So, I've taken off from my barn in the middle of the night. The barn contains a workshop. So you're getting like those kind of leathery, sawdust, sandalwood kind of notes coming up, flying out into the night in search of like I'm on the hunt in search of my meal. And, you know, I found something and maybe I'm a little bit innovative. Maybe I've decided, you know what, I'm going to cook my meal tonight. (laughs) So I've dropped it by the fire and I'm just enjoying a, I don't know, super fragrant, super warm, super delicious meal.
1: Okay, so I'm going to stay in the realm of belief <laughs> with my dream in words. No, true um,
2: story. True story. This actually happened to me.
1: <laughs> so similar similar motif, similar take from this dream here. I'd say I'm one of the owls on one of the nearby barns or that are just around the trail leading up mm-hmm. to the distillery. And it's the dark of the night, as is the canister. I've taken flight and almost lost my way, find myself in unfamiliar territory. I'm just off the coast of Isla and almost just at the same time, unfamiliar territory, but it Mm -hmm. feels like home. Yeah. And slowly getting used to my surroundings and it's just, yeah, I'm not going to go home. I think I'm I think I'm happy here. I think this I is like, my new home. I think I like what's around here. <laughs> so that's what this is to me. This is yeah. And and Al from Space Side. That's you know what? That's taken flight and gone off and made home in Isla. So it's just all those characteristics that that Al had that he grew up in Space Side and it took flight and took it with it to Isla or Sky, I should say. Yeah. So yeah, just oh, great.
2: Super enjoyable. Okay, so the battle that I watched, Kadu threw some not insignificant punches initially. Like it came out of the gates with, you know, a lot of ambition. It it had a lot of spirit to it. But when Kragenmore responded, it just knocked it flat. Like yeah. there was there was no question there. Like Kragenmore won this one. Yeah.
1: It was for me, this was almost a like, it just wasn't even a contest, hey? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I know you might think, oh, I was is really biased. You guys obviously were going to pick the peated dram. The peated one. <laughs> but if you're- looking- I don't think that's what it is, though. Like, no, no, I don't no, think it was
2: the fact that it was peated that won this for it.
1: No, not at all. And even if you're looking at it, the peat in this is so, it's not so overpowering. It's not, I was going to say it's not the defining characteristic, but it is. It, It's what makes this stand out. But I think what really makes this dram special is the fact that everything plays together so well and everything is so finely tuned and balanced Mm -hmm. that the peat doesn't throw anything off. The sweetness from Space Eye doesn't throw the peat off. Yeah. And then there's just like this great underlying spice that you'd expect from typical what bourbon cask
2: yeah i would agree
1: so everything just plays together so well that you almost have to kind of look at it and go this is something special
2: because mm-hmm. the thing like you're looking at the the pre-battle stats and you've got like okay you got the cardu 14 against the Krag and more 12 there's a little bit of age disparity there but at the same time the higher age has a lower abv by a couple of percent it seems evenly matched to begin with. And then when the battle actually starts, you're like, oh, oh no, this is not an even match at all. Like there is one definitive winner here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And even if you're looking at these two drams, like as we were today, it's two types of whiskey that we adore. We adore Sherried whiskey and we adore Peated whiskey. So was it appropriate or was it true to our palate, true to our nature that Peated whiskey came out on top? I don't know. That's for uh, that's for the philosophers out there. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just I don't know what it is because if I'm honest, I w- I would have thought the Cardu 14 had a lot more fight. I would have yeah. thought it would have brought a, a lot more to the Thunderdome today. Mhm. But unfortunately the Credible 12 was prepared.
2: Yeah. And did his training? Did his training. Rocky montage happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. It it took the took the appropriate steps and there was only ever going to be one victor because of that. Mm-hmm. And the Cardu fourteen, unfortunately, you you leave the Thunderdrome today bloodied and bruised.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, still to fight fight another day. You live to fight another day. Yeah.
1: You unfortunately do not match up to your younger brother. But uh, what can you do?
2: I don't know. Just leave the you just, just You can
1: just leave the thunderdrum. The door <laughs> is that way.
2: But in saying that, like, I think we should get onto the ratings because while it was a loser of the battle, I still think it was quite a good whiskey. Yeah, so,
1: it, it was a good whiskey.
2: <laughs> so how, how do you place it, Brad? What are you going to rate this?
1: Okay, so for me, this is probably going to sit at a... I'm going to say this sits at a 7.8. Okay, yep. So this one for me, it didn't creep into the eights only because for me, the nose held this back. Mm -hmm. The nose held it back. The initial palate held it back. And just the fact that I was almost clutching at straws to try and lengthen what I was experiencing in a dram. For me personally, I I, I don't want to do that. Even though I do enjoy, even though I did enjoy what was present.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: which is why this still sits in the sevens. Yeah. For me. And not even just I, the sevens, it's the high sevens. This is almost an eight. It's yeah. still a very, very good whiskey. It's just, unfortunately, which is really weird for me, considering the sherry kick I'm mm-hmm. on, this just didn't sit that right with me. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give it a 7.9. So pretty close. It's on the verge of being an eight, I think. Had it brought a little bit more complexity to the table, would have definitely been an eight. Or had the sherry influence, which, as you said, like it's strange coming from being aged two years in sherry, that a lot of the complex sherry flavors that we love weren't overtly present here. Um, that is, in if anything, the only thing that held it back from being in the eights. But at the same time, like it was a it was a great risky really enjoyable, like I could have a dream of this and be quite satisfied. Um, but at the same time, it didn't carry enough to put it into the eights. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now for me, the Cragamore 12, though, that is a nine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to give it a 9.1.
1: Okay. 9.1. Just, just have to one up me, yeah? I do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: to, for me as well, this dram is criminally underrated. It's just, I don't see enough people talking about it. Yeah. Um, I, I should say I don't hear enough people talking about it. But oh, it's such a pleasant dream.
2: Yeah, the fact that this isn't already sold out, I'm both thankful for, but also a little bit offended by. <laughs> it's like, how are people not appreciating what this has to offer? Because you're right, it is like criminally underrated. Like it is in my mind, spectacular. It's an excellent dram. It is an all-time favourite. And I actually might go out and buy a second bottle because I don't know what I'm going to do when I finish this one and just never going to be able to get this kind of expression again.
1: Yeah. This is almost a dram that I feel sad Mm -hmm. or hurt that it's (laughs) a limited release. It's one that... Personally offended yeah, me. I feel personally attacked. Yeah. This is only a limited <laughs> release that I'm not going to be able to go out and purchase this again. hmm Because it's just like, Diageo, how dare you? How dare Dangle you? Dangle
2: such a sweet <laughs> treat in front of us and then just yank it away. But like, sorry, we got no more.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the limited nature of this, but the fact that it's still available almost has me in that same... I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> it has me angry, but it has me in that same boat as you that I'm probably yeah. going to go out and buy a bottle to add this to my collection as well mm-hmm. because it is worth that. So
2: I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. Like our recommendation, if this is still available near you, buy it, like do yourself a favor and buy it.
1: Yeah. If you, if you're just strolling through your local and you see the Kragenmoor 12, 2019 special release, and you see the Cardu 14. Go home with the Kragamore 12.
2: Yeah. And I just want do clarification on what this model <laughs> actually looks like. Check our Instagram because we will be putting a photo of this up once this episode is released.
1: Righty. So let's give it its credit, ladies and gentlemen. The Kragamore 12 2019 special release. The <laughs> round winner, of applause. Yeah. Round of applause. The winner of today's Thunderdram episode two.
2: Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very appropriate. It was just a very, very worthy winner. And it, yeah. it just needed to be said.
2: It did. All right. Now, that's all we have time for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. It would be a huge help if you could give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Um, Preferably
1: five stars. Yeah, of course, of course.
2: <laughs> um, and if you'd like to get in contact, you can reach us at dram Talk Podcast on Instagram or email us at dramtalk.au at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've tried these, which one's your favorite? Which one are you most excited for for the 2020 um, special release? And yeah, what's your favorite from the 2019 one?
1: Now, our glasses may be empty, but we hope yours aren't. So pour, pour another dram. dram! dram!